organ failure, like to have that at, you know, 23 is unheard of nearly. And then not only that, man, it was more like all the the libido and sex issues that come along with it post when you actually get off the steroids. And that's something that a lot of people that get on, they don't really think about. And that's a big side effect. Like it's probably one of the worst because it can be not just the fact that you might not be able to have sex or get an erection or whatever it may be. The the fact that that really drives into your mental health because it plays with your mind a lot. That's Jackson Tippett. He's a model, influencer and podcaster who's always wanted to be the man. I just wanted to look like king shit and <laughs> just... Um, yeah, just run amok and I just wanted all the attention. Throughout much of his life, image meant everything to Jackson and he was willing to go to extreme lengths for the sake of public perception, even if it meant compromising his health. Just get big, get ripped. None of the side effects and all of that type of stuff, none of that played in my head. It was more just the now. Jackson's life revolved around the intense use of steroids from the age of 18 until it caused him major issues in his mid-20s heavily affected my liver and heavily, heavily affected my kidneys to the point where the doctor said, if you keep this up maybe another six to 12 months, you'd be gone. Now he's sharing the ugly truth of his story to help young men understand the reality and encourage them not to make the same mistakes he did. Life's just, it's so much better, man, without it. So that's the main reason I'm trying to talk. Next to no one in Jackson's industry admits to using steroids, much less do they go into detail about the ill effects. And that makes this message all the more important to hear. Steroids are a massive topic that needs to be talked about more. I truly believe everyone would be better off without it than with it. Welcome to Young Blood, an award-winning podcast on a mission to make the mental health of young men a top priority. My name's Callum McPherson, I'm a journalist, and this is our platform to open up and share stories of what we've been through because we're not alone. Let's do it. Before we kick this off, I just want to say thanks so much to everyone who's taken 15 to 90 seconds out of their day to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It boosts us up the ranks massively and makes a huge difference to how many people we can reach with these potentially life-saving stories. So thank you. And for those who haven't got around to it, please, if Youngblood has delivered you some value, let us know on there. Cheers, legends. Jackson, what did image mean to you as a young kid? Image? To be honest, raw and honest, it meant abs, <laughs> muscles, yep. and but I look. Yeah, that's pretty much in a nutshell. You know, just what what attracts the ladies. That that was image to me. From what age did you start thinking that way? Oh, good question, man. Um, I reckon it was throughout my teens, probably probably in high school, around you know, just as you enter year kind of eight to nine, uh, when you start, you know, going through adolescence and growing up a bit more, and you know, you kind of into girls, and you know, like. You want to date girls and... Yeah, you're you know, trying to establish yourself as a young man. Yeah, impress them and all of that. I went down, obviously, the scene of, like, fitness and trying to produce my image better. And some people do, like, you know, partying. Some people try to be cool and be a character. Yeah. But, yeah, for me, it was, it was all about the image. What were your influences? Like, why did you think that way and want to sort of turn yourself into that image as a young person? I don't know, man. I think it was more the crowd I was hanging around and that's all what they were doing. Mm. And I suppose I wanted to fit in the crowd and just be just be popular, you know what I mean? I, I didn't want to be the one that just was left out. I wanted to be like, oh, Jackson's cool. Jackson looks good or everyone knows Jackson. And as silly as it sounds, that's that's the truth. I just wanted to look like king shit and <laughs> just, um, yeah, just run amok and I just wanted all the attention. 
Why do you reckon that was so important to you to get it that way? Did you feel like you weren't getting that validation, gratification in other areas of your life, from maybe from your family or how you were raised? Like, why did you put so much weight in what other people saw you as? I don't know. I've always taken on board other people's opinions upon myself. And I've been very, even to this day, I'm very hard on myself for what people think of me. I'm obviously a lot better than what I used to be. But it's just something that I've always, I don't know, I've always kind of cared about what people think of me, which I shouldn't. Why do you think that is though? Where does that stem from? Do you, have you reflected on that? To be honest, I don't know. It's, it's a good question. I've, I've thought back on it multiple times and I, I just don't know. It's just just how I am, you know what I mean? I, I really don't know. So when there's been times where it seems like someone's not impressed by you or perhaps they aren't viewing you in the way that you would like, how does that affect you? Like, do you take that to heart? I did massively, you know, throughout my teens and probably even as of up to about two years ago. And, you know, then I just took on board and I listened to a lot more people and listened to my, my girlfriend and all of that. And they're like, at the end of the day, you can't please everyone. And, you know, if you if you take on anyone's everyone's opinion, um, because there will be negativity, there will be judgment, there will be hate, then you're always just going to be, you know, down about yourself. So I started mm-hmm. to love myself and surround myself with the right people and just embrace the inner beauty of who I am. Yeah, because it makes you very vulnerable and not in a good way if you're, if you're obsessed with what other people think of you because then you're being dictated by the response that you get, which you can't control. And there's always going to be you know, those that are in favor and admire you and then those that dislike you or even seem to hate you. And if you, you, know, you put your self-worth in what other people think of you, that's not something that you have control over. So you're kind of at the mercy of it. 100% man it's like the best thing I've ever done is um, obviously I still care what people think but it's a whole different ball game like I don't I don't take on the judgment nowhere near as much and um, man it's been the best actual mindset move I've ever made is kind of just embracing who I am and if the right people come along they come along you know what I mean from the conversations that I've had it's the more you're able to love yourself and be comfortable with yourself the less weight you put on other people's opinions who aren't those that you love you know your family those in your closest inner circle but the less credence you put on the voices of those who perhaps don't actually matter that much yeah i totally agree man i want to ask you do you do you take on judgment or not really i i think like as much as the as the next person does but i don't think i really make decisions based off how i'm going to be viewed i definitely take on board the opinions of my closest friends and my family and yeah. you know if they were to tell me to pull my head in or to um, change my perspective and think about something in another way I'm always open to having my mind changed and trying to put myself in, in someone else's shoes and look at different viewpoints but if I want to do something and I believe it's right and it's going down the, the path I want to go down and it's in alignment with my values I'll do it. I don't care how it might be viewed by a wider audience and possibly even to my detriment. That's something that I've had to sort of learn to perhaps be a bit more sophisticated, a bit more professional in some ways, you know, separating this stuff, you know, the podcast and my professional life from like my private life because the fact is, you know, image does matter to a degree when it comes to, as you know, like getting work and, and being looked at in a certain way. Um, as much as we want to bring 100% of ourselves to everything we do, certain parts yeah. of yourself are only really 
suited to certain contexts. So it doesn't mean that you're being a pretender or that you're lying or withholding who you are, but the way that you're perceived in a professional context needs to be different to a social context some of the time. And that doesn't mean that you're not being yourself, but it's just not appropriate to show certain elements of yourself sometimes in certain contexts, I guess, depending on what you do for work or whatever, little things like that, man. But yeah, generally, if I really believe that I'm taking actions that are the right thing for me to do and it feels right to me and I trust my gut, I just go for it and I'll, I'll live with the consequences. What I can't live with is feeling like I'm not doing what I know in my heart I should be doing. Yeah, I agree. Now, now that you say that, that's actually, I reckon probably the main reason I did care so much is because based off my work, you know, the modeling, the coaching, I took on the image so much that if I look all out of shape or I don't look what the people, the audience thinks I should look, or, you know, my, my clients think I should look, then I'm not kind of worth it. And I think that's kind of where it come on board, to be honest. Yeah, man. And I was going to ask you about that because that's a lot of pressure to take on. And I guess the gift and the curse for a life like you have, obviously the, the image that you portray online, it looks online, it looks like a fantasy. You know, you are the epitome of what a lot of people would believe to be the ideal stereotype of a cool guy you know and that's obviously why you get some of the modeling gigs that you get you project this image and you look a certain way but that means to have that life and the benefits and, and gratification that i'm sure comes with it then you have to maintain that and it must be hard to ever feel like you can show anything other than that i know there's a lot more to you have your own podcast you talk about a whole range of things and have a lot of different interests and and thoughts about the world but Obviously, like a large part of your income and your life is based on how you look and your image. So, yeah, how much do you feel the pressure all the time to have to keep that at a certain level and, and only show that to those who are potentially going to pay you money or take you on as a coach or whatever it may be? Yeah, that's that's literally like now that I think about it, that's exactly why I I'm all I was all about the image and um you know it's still in me a little bit. But um, also even just my audience, um, the fact that you know, like for example, when you put up a story, there's lots of people that see it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, the bigger following you have, the more people that would probably view your stories. And if, I don't know, I think it got to the point where I was like, I was just so picky with what I put up. Even if it was like a me doing an exercise at the gym, I just wanted it to look fucking perfect that mm. if it didn't look perfect, I didn't put it up because I knew someone would comment something that would put me down, if that makes sense. Yeah, and then you would take that to heart. But the fact yeah. is, although a lot of what you're, you portray might look like a fantasy, you are just a human, you're not perfect. And that means when people meet you in real life um, or you know see you do anything human that doesn't seem like this fantasy, then there's a, the potential that that sort of facade to a degree will be broken. And it's like, oh, here's this guy who has a lot of uh, fame to a degree and success because he has this certain image, but you know he's actually just a normal guy in some ways as well. So it's like this weird kind of balance I imagine you have to strike where you know there's heaps to you as a person, but you get a lot of attention just because of the way you look massively and that is why i actually started my podcast is because um i didn't want to be judged like you know judge a book by its cover which is what I, I mainly am and when people actually dive in and they listen to my podcast or they see me doing guest speaks or whatever 
man, I'm a whole different person to just, you know, a tattooed uh, man that you see uh, in, in a photo shoot. So that's the reason I did that. Obviously, you've gotten a lot of benefit out of creating that body and that image and then putting yourself out there that way that allows you to live this lifestyle you're living now, which seems like would be a pretty cool way to live. So there's that benefit to it as well. But I guess there's always the gift and the curse and you have to pay the piper and you don't get an extraordinary benefit to live a life that's very different to what most people live without also having to you know, live with some consequences or some other pressures. Yeah, I agree, man. Hey, I just want to say I like I like the vibe of this podcast. It's um very different the way you're going about it. <laughs> oh, good man. That's good to hear that. Thanks, bro. So you made the call to get on steroids at a very young age. I believe you were just 18 when you made that call. What was your thought process at the time? To be honest, no thought process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just get big, get ripped. None of the side effects and all of that type of stuff. None of that played in my head. It was more just the now. I feel great, so let's just keep going. I didn't even think internally of what my organs were, you know, was happening or yeah. the, you know, my relationships, my family. None of that mattered. It was just literally, I'm getting stronger every workout. I'm recovering better. I feel amazing. Yeah, it is so addictive, you know, just training in the first place. And when you're a teenager or in your early twenties, and pretty much every time you're in the gym you're growing, you're making strength gains, you can see the progress, you start getting validation from others. Like That's very addictive in itself. And then once you start feeling that, I fully understand wanting more and more of it and to a more extreme extent. Like, Who were your influences at that time? Was it friends or other people in the gym that were telling you to take it to that next level? Yeah, just my crowd, just my, my circle. I hanged around and um, that's what they all did. So that's what I did and I felt like that was just the normal. Yeah, and I'm, I know heaps of young guys around the country can relate to that, especially during that era, like the festival era, for those who remember stereos and you know the whole Ziz thing and that, like it just massively was such a thing for so long that I think maybe lessened a bit now, um, especially with COVID and that, but certainly like in our culture, it's just huge, the whole gym aesthetics. And then that's associated often with partying and just being that guy. And I think for a lot of impressionable young men in particular who are yet to establish themselves and figure out who they are and earn credibility for other aspects of their life, you know, the thought process is, well, if I can just get jacked and shredded, then it doesn't matter what else I'm doing. I'm going to be given respect. I'll have the attention from the girls. I'll have the respect from other guys. I'll feel like I am somebody and it's pretty sort of straightforward. I can just keep rocking up to the gym and I'll get at least that result. Yeah, I agree. And to be honest, it is, it's still very, very popular and in at the moment. It just depends with the crowd you hang around. As I've started to shift more out of it, obviously you don't hear about it as much, but if you're in the gym scene, steroids are a massive topic that needs to be talked about more. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like part and parcel, especially when you talk about Instagram or you know the large majority of fitness modeling or the fitness industry as a whole fitness and health industry which i think you'd probably agree ironically is not all that healthy and not really about health that much at all as much as it's about aesthetics and image and sort of doing whatever you can to get there i agree man and that's why it's so fucked is because steroids are in the health and fitness industry people think they're healthy when they take steroids mm. but the realistic and the reality is it's no different to doing ice mdma 
you know, cigarettes, alcohol, it still has the side effects that come along with it. Mm. And then if you're doing it, not because you're competing, but because you want a certain image, uh, you want to build a body for a certain image, maybe to be that party boy or to be that person who's viewed in that light, then it probably brings those other drugs with it. You know, it's pretty synonymous to have someone who's on steroids also doing MDMA and cocaine and whatever else it is because it's about the scene. Like it's not about, for, for a lot of people, not, not for all. I mean, some just want to train and go home and be introverted. There's a lot of that as well. But there's definitely a culture of, it's about being that guy in the party and that brings all those other substances in it, in, into it as well. And that's when it can get uh, really dangerous because you're already wreaking havoc on your organs and your heart especially and then combining those things and that's when sometimes we see you know young men who think they're invincible especially when they've got the testosterone of 10 men um <laughs> but in some unfortunate circumstances you know we do see people die not necessarily just because of the steroids but because of a combination of all those things and you know we do man when we're young especially if you're feeling that good and you're feeling strong and you're getting the validation and you're looking at yourself in the mirror you think like nothing can touch me um, and that's when some people can just like take it really far. Yeah, I agree. And there's so many of those people actually out there that they do the steroids, they eat, they do eat healthy, you know, they do go train every day and exercise. But then um, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday comes around and they're on the party drugs and it's just a double whammy on the organs. Like it's not good. Yeah, that's right. And then still people will market themselves as like a, you know, health expert or a health coach and they're like living that way. Um, you know, not to say that what they have to say about building a body or, um, you know, nutrition it wouldn't be on point. But yeah, I guess it's back to our point that the health and fitness industry is pretty much a facade and not really about that. It's about how you look. And then that's only really a problem, I think, for young boys, especially and young girls, where you see someone who's ripped out of their minds and looks the way everyone would want to look and they're trying to market to you some like creatine and protein stack and it's just like i think it's going to take a little bit more than that bro <laughs> bro but that's that's a great topic because that's half of ig right now you know what i mean all these young guys that are looking up to say their their favorite coach or model and um you know they're saying they're natural and then it's like these guys think that they can get there but realistically they're taking a, bo a boatload of gear and all of this type of stuff so it's putting the wrong perception on these young teenagers that want to chase that image but they never will get there naturally exactly and then they believe oh yeah he's natural i can do it too i've just got to buy this product and then when it's not happening they look at themselves and think like oh it must be something i'm doing wrong or i have bad genetics or i'm not training hard enough or i'm not worthy of it when in reality you're chasing an ideal which is just pretty much impossible to achieve certainly in that time frame without using drugs yeah man it's a like, uh, this is why, you know, I did my guest speak. I've got another one lined up soon is I just think it's something that just needs to be talked about more because, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's really untouched, to be honest. So what did it do to your organs over time um, and your blood? Because um, it sounds like it started off, you didn't feel like it was much of a problem. I think you might have done three cycles in fairly quick succession and then you started having some problems. Yeah, so um, obviously, like I'm, I'm fine now. Like everything is fine. Um, but in terms of what it was doing when I was using it, and even post, like um, it's not until I got my bloods done, I think probably three years into it or something, um, 
heavily, heavily affected my liver and heavily, heavily affected my kidneys. I think those were the two main organs. Um, they were just elevated through the roof to the point where the doctor said, basically, you know, if you, if you, if you keep this up maybe another six to 12 months, you'd be gone. And, you know, that was a big wake-up call because I was 23, I think, you know, and yeah. for someone to have, you know, I, I'm not sure what the word is where you, your kidneys or your liver are gone. Like liver uh, toxic to the point of, yeah, organ failure. Yeah, organ failure. Like to have that, you know, 23 is unheard of nearly. And then not only that, man, it was more like all the, the libido and sex issues that come along with it post when you actually get off the steroids. And that's something that, a lot of people that get on, they don't really think about. And that's a big side effect. Like that's probably one of the worst because it can be not just the fact that you might not be able to have sex or get an erection or whatever it may be. The, the fact that that really drives into your mental health because it plays with your mind a lot. Oh, massively because you have that in the back of your mind all the time and obviously very emasculating if you can't perform in the bedroom, especially when you've achieved a certain look that is hyper-masculine to the extreme and then yeah. you've been on cycle where I imagine that your sexual performance is rather extraordinary <laughs> to, yeah. uh, to then coming off and not even being able to get an erection that would really play on your mind and freak you out and you know that there's something going on internally which could be serious which perhaps if you haven't done your research you don't really understand and then it's like, fuck man, I don't want to be this big if my dick doesn't work hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent bro but honestly that was like i'm not gonna lie i'm happy to talk about it that was me to a t like i was this big jack dude strong you know i looked great and then it actually got to the stage where i actually couldn't get an erection um with my girl and then it fucked me over big time man this is real raw talk she was like why can you not get an erection do you not find me attractive and I was like, fuck, no, that's clearly not the the reason. Like, I, I can't because I've put endogenous hormones in my body and then I've actually taken them out. So my natural production is shut down, trying to explain it. And it got to the point where it actually ruined my relationship and we split. So it was full on. Yeah, man. And that's the side of it that especially young guys getting into it aren't educated about enough at all or haven't thought about where, like, obviously there's, there's ways of doing this where, hopefully it doesn't have that drastic of an impact but it is very common for guys who are using steroids to then have these troubles where you know you don't know if it's going to work or not you don't know if you have to take other drugs post-cycle to be able to perform and that's so awkward man like yeah. for your relationship to then the whoever your partner is they're blaming themselves because they think it's their fault yeah. even that you're cheating on them brains will run wild with why doesn't this guy find me attractive anymore when when he was on cycle our sex life was great the facade sort of crumbles there where you look like superman and the thing that in your mind probably is one of the key components of what makes you a man doesn't work for your self-esteem and the way you feel about yourself and then your relationship that's tough man way more common than you think not to maybe the extent of what i had but many people that you know they cycle they cycle they cycle then they get off most of them have to use like a, a um like cialis a and um yeah yeah, yeah. viagra just to go have a root on the weekend it's mm. very common i'm not gonna lie yeah that's just something that you wouldn't think about when you first get started and it's just all benefits 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 
but especially if you're abusing it, it's having this effect on your endocrine system and your testosterone production and shutting your testicles down. And then you have to kind of hope with PCT that you can turn your testicles back on and it's gonna go back to normal. But I'm sure you've had your own experience with how that goes. And yeah, you must've had times when it wasn't working and your relationship's falling apart and you were thinking like, fuck, that wasn't worth it. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, you know, in saying that, everything that I did, I, I think it was a blessing in disguise. I wouldn't be doing what I am today and who I am right now. I might even be on gear right now if I hadn't have experienced it in the past. So everything happens for a reason and I'm just blessed that I can now share my knowledge, if that's what you want to call it, to other people and try to help them not, not to go down the same path as me. Yeah, and the fact is like hearing other people's stories, especially for someone who's got influence like you that a lot of young men look up to, like that does make a big difference. People will listen to you talk about it. They're not going to listen to the cops talk about it or some health expert talk about it nearly as much as someone who's had the experience that you've had and then be able to give the honest truth about it, which does take a lot of balls to do. So I respect you for doing that. Um, how did it also how did it affect you as a person like while you were on it in terms of your personality or the way you were acting and some of your other relationships yeah man that that, that was another that, so there's so many so many side effects of it to be honest um, but that was definitely one was I, I think it just changes your your perception on people your mood your energy and you, you kind of and this is not for everyone this is just me personally but Obviously, you've heard of like the steroid rage type of thing, and you don't care. And that's it's true to a to an extent. Like I just I didn't really care about anyone. Um, it was all selfish selfishness and about myself. Mm. Um, I did get angry at times a lot more than when I didn't use it. And yeah, it and just then I imagine like it, it attracts a lot more of that narcissism to your life and those kinds of characters that are doing the same thing as you're doing. And then it's like a you know a bit of a confirmation bias where you're seeing more of that, the people you're around are sort of encouraging that and so you normalize it? Yeah, 100%, man. And um, yeah, it just definitely ruined a lot of my friendships and you know my family and all of that. Obviously, I've reconnected it, but it does break barriers um, because at the stage of that time, you just don't really care. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it eats away at your empathy or sort of switches that part of your brain off, that compassion part, which obviously you have in you naturally uh, sort of dulls that out and dials up the animalistic part obviously um, so that you you just start to behave differently yeah so yeah that's why I want to talk about it so much man because if I can just save one life I'm not going down the path that I did um, just based off image I think it's something that is very important oh absolutely and it is, you're right it's not something that's talked about enough um, but so at the point where you decided that perhaps you wanted to give it up you're not only addicted to the drug itself which i haven't experienced but i can see how it would be so addictive especially when you've experienced being on for a long period and then how bad it is when you come off and i've been going to the gym for 10 years but the reason i've never done a cycle even though i've been tempted to because you see other people doing it how much they're growing from it and especially when perhaps you're less developed more in your early 20s and not as much other stuff going on in your life and more obsessive with it that's the real danger period i think for young guys to jump on it when they understand the consequences less and yeah that's like the main priority in their life but the thing that stopped me doing it ultimately was thinking about how that would probably 
affect me mentally when I never inevitably had to stop doing it because I knew I know like what comes what goes up must come down and that you can't just stay on it and I felt like I had a good enough grasp of how good it would feel and then how bad it would feel to have to stop it so that's what that's why you've never done it yeah yeah wow that's yeah that's a good concept actually um, but I didn't think like, about it. But I was like very, very close to doing it at that similar age as were a lot of people back then because I was right into the festival scene and partying and I like lifted religiously for ages, you know, all the tats and everything, you know, very similar to you in some ways. I could have gone down that route as well and I think it was probably just because the like, influences in my life also weren't doing it, my mates weren't doing it. Yeah, I think just because of the stuff I'd seen, I had enough of a grasp to know how that would probably affect me mentally and that I couldn't handle it. And that's that's why I didn't go there. Also, I'd seen a couple of other guys who had were a few years older who'd done it and then come off and then weren't in a good place mentally. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I could I could handle that either. But I'm grateful I didn't now. So you, you will never use it? Nah, nah, I won't yeah. now. And also the other fact that once you do that and then you come off, a lot of people are going to lose a lot of what they built. That doesn't mean you lose your whole physique, but in terms of looking like the biggest you've ever looked or the strongest you've ever been, once you stop taking the drugs, that's a lot harder to you know, get back to or a lot of that size drops away straight away. And then I imagine that, that that affects you a lot too. It must have been difficult for you once you made the call to stop doing steroids to then get used to training naturally when your levels were actually lower than natural levels. Yeah, 100%, man, 100% on that. So you're addicted to the drugs themselves and how you feel, but I imagine you're also addicted to the status at that point and how you're viewed and you've been posting on socials of, of yourself, I think, like at that, around that stage when you're 23, being this identity, getting all that gratification for it. So what was it like to also be addicted to that somewhat and were you afraid of like losing all of that and losing that identity if you didn't do the steroids? Um, so, so what do you mean like that by that? Like, so, cause you had the, the addiction to the actual compound itself, but then also you'd become this guy, you'd become, uh, you know, the image that you are now. And did you think that uh, if I don't do the drugs, I'll lose the body. I won't be able to maintain everything that I've built. And then I'll essentially lose my identity. A hundred percent. And that's why I kept it up for so long. And I did get off many times and the times I did get off, I felt crap. My libido was crap. I was weak in the gym, body dysmorphia. So that's what it's like. It's rug. You just go back to it and it's just a yo-yo effect. So how did you, how are you able to come to terms with that ultimately and not let it affect you to the point where you just got back on? Because I think this is similar to other drugs that are addictive in that it's not even so much that you love being on it. It's just that it gets to the point where coming off it is too too hard to handle that you have to get back on it so you feel okay. Yeah, I just, um, it was more just shifting myself away from the crowd I was hanging with. Um, I did, when I did come off and come off for a while, I did see how much better of a person I was becoming. Um, I saw like my health increasing through blood work um yeah man and it just like it obviously took a long time and it was very hard like i think the first two months is probably the hardest when you come off any drug but i don't know i just was thinking more about the future my family if i have kids um my health and everything just weighed up and it over it overcame the the cost of going back on 
And I just said, no, I'm never going to use it again. And I just haven't looked back since. So, yeah, yeah. So it just sounds like you got some perspective and that it rattled you and scared you and showed you what going down that path could potentially lead to. And then you ultimately prioritize other things in life that are more important. And that was able to outweigh the benefits of getting back on the steroids. Yeah, I think I think it comes with maturity too. Like I started to really think about it more, like probably the last year I was using it and like more about my future um, based off the people I was hanging around rather than when I started and just about the now. I was more thinking about the future and it's just, it's definitely not worth it. And now you're big on trying to discourage young guys, especially from going that route and do it naturally instead. But obviously like you've derived a lot of benefit from being on it at some stage in your life and building the body that you have now and now you know having this image so like why why would you discourage others from doing the same even though they could see oh well he did it and he's got so much benefit out of it so why shouldn't i do it you know what i mean yeah because you know to get the benefit out of it in terms of what i'm doing work-wise and all of that um, nine times out of ten, that wouldn't happen just if you get on steroids, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I just don't. It's it's more about the health and the longevity and all of that, and it's just not worth it. So I do see how some people could say that, but I don't think that would happen in most cases. So I would rather help people um, stay healthy, enjoy their life, um, you know, not die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think in a nutshell, health is number one reason why I wouldn't want people to use steroids. Yeah, actual health rather than fake health and image. Yeah, actual health. Like at the end of the day, I could look like, you know, superhero. I could have abs. I could look amazing, no body fat. But if I'm dead, you know, tomorrow or in a year's time, what the fuck does that mean? I'd rather be here for the rest of my life than just a, a ticking time bomb. Yeah, very well put. But obviously, you still have the image that you have. You're still extremely built. You still have the pressure on you for the, the modeling and the lifestyle that you live based on your work. So how are you able to maintain that without the steroids? Um, so obviously, I'm still training every single day. I still eat very healthy. Um, I think the main thing that comes without the steroids is, yeah, you're not going to be as big, but within saying that my goal actually now is to be smaller like I don't want to be big I don't think it's the right attraction that I'm chasing right now like I don't really care how big I am if that makes sense yep. um, which led me into running which has had so many psychological benefits and you know the endorphins and a new goal and stuff like that and obviously I'm not going to be that when people use steroids have that, that hard grainy look and obviously, I'm not going to have that when it's off. But that's just something you got to, you know, you got to accept that obviously you're not going to be in the condition if you are on as if you're off. So it doesn't really worry me because I've, I'm kind of happy with my image now. And it's not all about image, as you know, like the pr people I talk to now and surround myself with, uh, they, they couldn't care what I look like as long as I've got a good heart and I'm helping mm. people, which I've really started to realize. So it's like... I don't know. It's kind of like a win-win is, is the fact that because I don't care about my image, but I still do train hard and try, you know, look fit. Yeah, but you can actually maintain it. You know, you're not just 
you're not desperately yeah. trying to well you're not a slave to the drugs and a slave to all the unhealthy shit and the dangerous shit that comes with it because you're able to maintain what you're doing now in a way that's like naturally achievable um, mentally and spiritually who you actually are I'm sure is a lot more aligned with who you want to be therefore that attracts people to your life who should be there who actually like you for you so you're not trying to just keep up this facade do you feel like you've been able to relax a lot and connect more with who you actually are since getting off it oh so much man like the the amount of learn about myself and um what brings me happiness and all of that since being off is even just yeah i don't know man like i can't even explain the mood just the person i am is completely different to when i was on what's your family and those closest to you said about that Oh, same thing, man. Like, they're so thrilled. Like, you know, obviously, mum and dad knew I was using it and they were absolutely filthy. They're not for drugs at all. And it's built our connection so much stronger where we laugh, we, you know, we hug each other. We like, it's just a, such a better bond of what a family actually, it's just normal. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But to yeah. me, when I was, it, the normal things I wasn't doing. But right now, it's just like, I would never hug mum. I would, I would never, say thank you for whatever she did for me but now it's just like manners and they are my parents and you know they are my family and it's it's true love yeah so it sounds like you've matured a lot and that when you were on the drugs it brought a lot of tension to your life like a lot of a lot of stress and a lot of sort of standoffishness i would i guess like that that was the energy that you were putting out whether you were aware of it or you wanted to or not but you sort of sound like you might have had a bit of a, a threatening air to you or certainly not a welcoming, loving, like open one, more of a, a closed up kind of hardened shell that wouldn't let anyone in. Yeah, I, I could say that 100%. And what about fixing yourself physically? Like take us through how much that's actually taken. I'm talking about recovering sexually and getting your blood work back to where it should be. Like how much of a process has that been? Yeah, that, that is a hard process and that is very different for everyone as it really depends how long you used it, how much you used and the way your body recovers is everyone's different. But that's probably been the hardest process. Um, it's just something you have to kind of deal with and, you know, take on the chin unless you go on like a testosterone replacement uh, through an endocrinologist. What I always say is as long as you've probably abused it is as long as your body's probably going to recover to get back to where it used to be. How do you feel within yourself now though, knowing that you're not on drugs anymore and you are the Jackson that you feel like you actually were all along? Like, how does that compare to having the benefits of steroids but waking up with that sort of anxiety of, I have to keep this up? Man, so much better. It's, as you said, it's changed my, my image on what people actually think of me. Um, I care a lot less. I'm a lot uh, kinder. I'm a lot better person. And I don't know, life's just, it's so much better, man, without it. So that's the main reason I'm trying to talk and come on your podcast and talk about all this stuff is because I truly believe everyone would be better off without it than with it. Yeah, and you're making such a strong case for it, man. And if I listened to this podcast and saw you and heard from you when I was at that real impressionable stage... Like I reckon it would stop me do it or doing it or it would play a, a large role in that. And it's still quite hard to find stories from people who are speaking about it this openly and honestly 
in a largely negative light. And I'm, I know that you wouldn't fully condemn it, nor would I necessarily for those who've decided that they wanna make their entire life bodybuilding and they wanna compete and then in order to do that, they need to do steroids. But I do think that if you haven't made that decision and it's not the number one priority in your life and you don't want it to, it to become your entire life and you're not ready to take it that seriously because you've decided that it's the be all and end all, then you shouldn't do it because the implications are serious. Like it's so hard to turn back and go back after you've made that call. Yeah, definitely, man. And it's definitely not talked about. Um, I, to be honest, I actually don't know, really know anyone talking about it that has lived and breathed it and, you know, telling their story about how they've been on it or whatever it is. I, I actually can't think of anyone really. Yeah. And why do you think that is? It's fucked. I don't know why, but they... They want to claim they're natural, so they just don't want to be known as the person that is on steroids. Do you know what I mean? Because of their image, right? Because there's a lot of money. Yeah. There's a lot of money on it. There's a lot of people. Number one concern is how they're perceived and trying to keep that facade up, trying to keep that lie a lie, trying to keep that lie alive. Um, yeah. So people don't talk about it because the fact is then they will be perceived differently and so you have to kind of live a lie to an extent. Uh, and keep that up for as long as you can but you can't be free like that like it sounds like to me you're a man who's freed himself from kind of this this trap that you'd put yourself in yeah but that's why it's so bad man is because nobody does claim that they're on it or you know talk about it that's why i wanted to change if we can just get a few people saying you know similar to me so everyone knows the real truth about it couldn't agree more how do you want to be viewed now just want to be viewed as helping people, a kind-hearted person. Um, yeah, my main thing, my main goal, and my main thing that I love doing is helping people, whether that's clients, a podcast, um, mental health. I just think helping others is, and you know, kindness is that's that's life to me. You know what I mean? Would the Jackson of a few years ago ever have said that? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> He'd be saying, who is this wanker talking? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you believe that you could have the success that you have now without ever having done steroids? No, I don't. And that's why I'm, I'm, it doesn't worry me one bit that I did it because I wouldn't be telling the stories I am. No, no way in hell would I. No way. No. Hmm. So, I, I wouldn't, maybe I'd be successful, but it'd be in a completely different way. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. But, yeah. but you like the life that you have now though. Oh, I love it, man. I wouldn't change it for a thing. Everything happens for a reason in my opinion and I think it's all turned out the way it should be and I hope it's only going to get better. Yeah, well, it's, it's great that you wised up to that and you know saw where that was heading and were able to turn it around and change it and now, like in my view, you can have so much more of an impact and be so much more of service to people as someone who's had the experience that you've had changed their priorities and is now able to actually focus on real health and longevity and from those that I've seen that might have had a background like yours who actually have longevity and continue to stay in the game and really start to help people and become better versions of themselves the mentality has to switch from I just need to be the biggest most jacked version of myself possible to I want to actually be fit healthy I want to do running martial arts i want to know about nutrition i want to educate people about what they should actually be aiming for rather than i just want to look a certain way and i don't give a fuck how i get there 
yeah, totally agree, man. Um, so, you know, if this can get out to a bit of your audience and a bit of your audience can dive into my story, um, that's kind of why we do this. Do you know what I mean? And I hope it does. For sure, dude. What would you tell your younger self? Um, just just enjoy the now. So don't focus on the, the past and don't focus too far ahead of the future. Um, just enjoy literally today. And I think that's too many people look back at the past or they try correct what they they could have done or whatever it may be. Like, you know what I mean? Fix stuff. The past is the past. You can't, can't bring it back. And you focus too far ahead of the future. Many things change. Like, I don't even, you know, plan a week ahead because so many things change in life that I think you just got to enjoy the now, focus on the now and just be the best version you can. Great advice, man. And respect for telling your story like this with no holes barred and being straight up about it because people, especially who have the profile that you have, having a certain image just wouldn't have the bravery to come out and be so honest about something that we need to be honest about um, that so many young men looking up to you need to hear and, and know about. And rather than just the surface level bullshit, actually what's underneath that and what needs to be considered, it's just absolutely crucial, I think, to young men's mental health that we have this discussion. So just want to acknowledge you for being brave enough to first of all change your life around change your priorities and then be true to what you actually believe and then to actually speak about it publicly as well bro thanks so much man and um yeah it's been an honor coming on bro i can't wait to you know obviously get this out and listen i can't wait to actually listen to more of yours because i love podcasts but i'd love to dive in and listen to yours now that i know how you host them i think you're a great host and i'd love to get you on mine in return for sure, brother. I really appreciate that, man. Thanks so much. And um, it's been great to talk to you. really enjoyed the chat. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode. If you're getting some value out of the show, please help us out with a quick rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Everything we do is recorded in video, so follow Youngblood Men's Mental Health on Instagram and Facebook and Youngblood Mental Health on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Youngblood Media, and please leave us a comment or send us a message if these stories resonate. We'd love to hear from you. And most importantly, please share the podcast with anyone in your life who might need it. We're all about reaching as many people as we can. This is Youngblood. Thanks for being part of the mission. Catch you next time.